Man, God, it's so good to be here. Yeah, we just pray that you would bless our time. Just love the laughter, love the just the just getting to know new people, and um, it's so cool what you've done here this term, and just the new people that you've brought, and just even us praying beforehand, just thinking of people that came week one or week two of winter now that just seem like they've been a part of real life forever. Uh, it's so neat how you do that, God, how you build um, just community and family, and we thank you for that. Um, and God, we just pray that tonight, as we just come in, maybe burden for uh, just the dead week or finals coming, um, that we would just just be able to, best we can, roll it onto you and just trust you. Whatever we're bringing in here, that we could just be all present right now. Just thank you for the time of worship. God, I just know that when we worship, it's just amazing how it just, just allows us to take a deep breath and just look upward. And so we just pray now that we would just be able to look upward. We'd look to you. God, you're a big God, and we can trust you with anything. And um, God, I just pray you'd speak through me right now. Just bless um, our time together, and we give you glory and praise. Amen. Amen. Well, welcome to Real Life. Um, my name's Chad. I'm the college pastor, and we're excited you're here. Things are going to look a little different tonight. We're going to have a little more extended worship time, um, and then we're going to also do some announcements at the end. We've got some cool things coming, uh, some, some new exciting announcements. That, you know, it'll be the first time you'll hear it tonight, right here. Uh, so look forward to that. Um, anyways, uh, man, we're glad you made it. I know there's probably a lot of people that it's probably hard to get here tonight. You know, it's dead week. How many of you guys are dead? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> when I was in college, they said dead week, was, dead week was for like no tests were allowed and it was supposed to be like kind of like a, kind of a dead period before the you know, finals. But I've always felt like I'm dead by the end of dead week. So I'm glad you're here. Excited that you came. This term, we looked at this kind of series called Unwavering, and really, we just, we've been learning about being a disciple of Jesus and, and making disciples of Jesus, um, and really our prayer and the whole thought going into this was we just wanted to, to, you know, as we came into the new year, we're just like, man, God put on this, this idea in our heart just that we want to be a, a ministry, a group of people and individuals that just we, we would be unwavering in our faith. Um, and we would go deep and be rooted um, in the gospel and rooted in Jesus. And, um, you know, storms are going to come. We've talked about that. But, but when they do, um, something we really want to challenge us, and, and all term, hopefully you've been hearing from different speakers, and myself included, is just that when the storms come, that we would, you know, every day that we would choose the truth. Not the lies, not what the enemy has and, and speaks over us and the different things, but we would be grounded in God's word, the truth, and that we would choose this um, for our lives. And every day we have a choice to either follow God or follow the world. And uh, it's, you know, literally um, a choice every day to get out of bed and say, okay, am I going to choose the Lord or am I going to choose the things that the world are telling me to do? And even the scripture I shared last week was Joshua 24, 15. As for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. And man, that is our plea and our cry that if you've put your faith in Christ, if you're following Jesus, that, that you would like... Come what may, you're going to choose to serve the Lord and, and, um, every day. Um, and so tonight we're going to land the plane on this idea of uh, unwavering, just kind of land the series. And I just had a, a few scriptures on my heart before we get back into worship. And I really think it'll help us, mainly because this passage has been, you know, again, as a speaker, sometimes you often are speaking to yourself because a few hours before this or a week ago when God kind of put this passage on my heart, um, it's like, man, this is what God's teaching me. 
And so I'm first in line. So it's not me speaking at you. It's me speaking to myself. Um, But this passage, turn to Acts 4.13. We're just going to look at this passage. And I'll throw out a few others. And some of them I'm just going to read. I don't have any slides tonight. Um, I just wanted to share this as I was having a quiet time last week. It was funny. I didn't know what Ryan Sugai was going to share. And he did an amazing job. And and I think it partners well with it. And he actually took some of the scriptures. I, I was sitting last Sunday, not this Sunday, the Sunday before Ryan came. And I kind of on a, I was at Starbucks and on a napkin, I was having a quiet time and on a napkin, I just wrote out like three things that God kind of just laid on my heart for just kind of this idea of being unwavering in discipleship. But Acts 4.13, I'm just going to read this. And, and the context here is, is Peter and John were being questioned by the religious leaders and the leaders were blown away by their boldness. And I just love that because this is what Acts 14.13 says. They were kind of on trial for their faith, literally. Acts 4.13 says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus. And I just, I've been chewing on this probably for a couple months now. Like I've been reading through Acts since the beginning of the year. And just that phrase that they'd been with Jesus, they marveled. They didn't marvel at their looks. You know, they weren't, you know, they... They might, have not been, you know, they might have been a motley-looking crew, you know? Like, they didn't, like, marvel at their uh, knowledge. Um, although they, they defended their faith well, and they, and they knew the scriptures, and they, but, but they marveled that they'd been with Jesus. And as I was marveling on this idea or th- mulling on this idea at Starbucks a few weeks ago or two weeks ago, I was just, the, the, the thought, this is a, the three points I wanted to share real briefly tonight that came to me was this idea is that, man, the challenge for us tonight in this text, and, and I want to challenge you guys, is, is to be with Jesus and then become like Jesus and be bold for Jesus. And, and so this idea, man, they were with Jesus. Literally, they were actually with him. They like walked, you know, the, um, the steps of Jesus. But we also, we've been invited into that. We can be with Jesus um, and we can spend time with him just like, um, not obviously like, next to us, but man, he, his spirit, man, if you would be in his word, this is Jesus, man. He speaks through his word so powerfully, and you can be with him every day. You can choose to wake up, and, and a little earlier than you have to, even if you got to bed late studying, you can just go, I'm going to give five minutes in the morning. I'm just going to do the next 10 verses in John 15 or wherever you're at, um, and, and so we can be with Jesus, and that's the, the first thing. I just, I just marveled at that, and I just loved that, and it's easy to... Um, you know, Peter and John lived, their lives were marked by this simple truth. And it's easy to, you know, kind of like I said earlier, it's easy to put this off and be distracted. There's so many things vying for our attention. And I know we bash this a lot, but it's so true. This thing's pinging at us all day. And it's so easy. Like I was even studying today, like trying to get a few thoughts together for tonight. And it was like, every time this thing, I mean, I would like have to put down, I'd get like distracted for like 30 minutes from studying uh, my Bible, you know? And so it's like, I mean, everyone... It's so easy to get distracted, but we need to be with Jesus. And like what Ryan said last week, he looked at the last week in John 15, 5. Jesus says this, John 15, 5, and you don't have to turn over, you can just listen. I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And the thing I underlined this time when as I read it was just this idea that I it says, he who abides in me and I, speaking, Jesus saying, I in him, I in him, like Jesus inside of us, the hope of glory, like when he comes inside of us, this enables us, you know, this allows us to be with him. Uh, and it's so, 
amazing and powerful truth that we can do nothing apart from him. And if that's true, then, man, we have to discipline ourselves and, and you know, set aside time for that. If that's truly true, if, if what he was saying is like if, if the vine, if the branch is cut off and it can't produce anything and it withers, not being connected, man, how much more should we fight for that? And it's going to be, dist- I mean, the enemy doesn't want us to be connected to the vine. It's going to, every other thing, you, when you wake up, at least for me, if I don't do it first thing, it is going, my day, like, not only is my day going to be, like, my decision making and my, my even just going to feel a little off, like, by the end of the day, I don't feel like I have, I, I just get busier and busier as the day goes on. And I don't have that luxury uh, and ability really to, to go, okay, now I'm going to have a quiet time at, like, two in the afternoon. Um, and so we just need that connection. So be with Jesus. And then spend time with Jesus. It produces this Christ-likeness where we become like him. And this is what I love. And I think Ryan alluded to this last week too as I was reflecting back on this. This is how Paul says in Philippians 3.17. Again, you can just listen. But you can write it down if you want. Philippians 3.17. He says, brothers and sister, brothers and sisters, pattern your lives after mine and learn from those who follow our example. It's like, to me, that's like one of the most powerful, profound statements that someone that's walking with Christ would actually have the courage to say, like, hey, follow me as I follow him. Like, to me, that's like, I, I get nervous sometimes. I'm like, I don't know if I can say that. I don't know if I can say, follow me with all honesty. Like, I, there's a lot of stuff I don't want you guys to follow, you know? But the reality is, like, we're all sinners, and we all fall short. But, like, if our goal in, in the end is to, to just hey, come what may, I'm going to serve the Lord. And I'm going to learn about Jesus. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be with Jesus. And I'm going to spend time with Jesus. And, and yes, we're going to mess up. But he's going to start producing Christ's likeness in us. And there's, his spirit's going to start producing a fruit that's eternal and a fruit that is going to be blessing others. And not only that, we're going to be able to say, hey, follow me as I follow Jesus. Follow me as I follow Christ. Uh, and so that's just a, to me, it was just a powerful thought in Philippians 3. We spend time with Jesus. He flows out of us. Uh, we started the term sharing. Salvation happens in a moment, uh, but discipleship and this, this word sanctification takes a lifetime. And that's the idea. Like, yeah, we're going to all mess up, but we'll become more like Jesus day by day if we'll just surrender our lives to him and continue just as we hit those bumps in the road, as we hit those mess ups to say, Lord, gosh, forgive me. I, I'm off. And I missed the mark again. And tell a friend to say, hey, man, can you pray for me? I'm just kind of off today. And I feel like, man, I just missed it. Um, and just get back in. Start serving him. Start following him. Start spending time with him. But the, we're prone to wander because we mess up. And then the next morning, we're like, I can't even get in my Bible because, you know, we're still sulking over our mess ups and our hiccups. And we're, and we're not able to, like, like, step into it and just say, like, gosh, he, he's forgiven me. And his mercies are new every morning. And I can be in his word, and I can be coming more like him through spending time with him. And the last thing I love that Philippians, a couple of their verses, Paul says, this idea of sanctification in a lifetime, Philippians 2.13, he says, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. And so this idea of like, man, as you're following Jesus, as you're giving your life to him, he starts working in you and producing these desires. You're like, I don't want to look at that anymore. That was old Chad. I don't want to do that anymore. I don't want to say that anymore when I'm on the basketball court and I get fouled and I get mad. Like, that was old Chad. I don't want to do that anymore. Sometimes that's new Chad too, but I, 
got to go back and just say, God, forgive me. Like, you, you just continue to, to grow and, and give it to him. God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. And it's just, again, it's like, man, sometimes it's two steps forward, one step back, or one step forward, two steps back. But continually just like, you know, surrendering your life and trusting him. And an overarching theme is like, man, wanting to please him, wanting to serve him, wanting to follow him. And then Philippians 3, Paul ends with this, where he says this again. And I'm just going to read this over you guys. You guys may have read this or not, but I don't mean to say that I've already, he says in Philippians 3.12, I don't mean to say that I've already arrived or achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. But I focus on the one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling. And again, this idea of, man, just sticking with it, looking forward. Don't look back on your past hangups. Don't look back even on your past successes. Sometimes we would just remember, oh, remember that one time at high school camp? After high school camp, I was really on fire. I wish I could get back to that. Uh, that's not bad to look back and learn from that, but also, man, he's got more for you. He's got greater things in high school camp. You know, he's got greater things than, than how you experienced him in the past. Like Paul's towards the end of his life here, and he's wanting more. He's wanting more of Jesus, and we're, that's kind of the theme for tonight. We want to go back into worship, and we want to just press in and just ask. You know, get, there'll be prayer people on the side and, and, and opportunity to pray for each other here. He's like, man, we want more of Jesus. We want more of his spirit to flow through us, to be inside of us, to be his hands and feet to what he's called you to next, whether here or the next step after college. Third thing, so be with Jesus, become like Jesus, uh, be bold for Jesus, and that's how we do it. In, in a sense, you know, it's like kind of a process, being with Jesus, becoming more like him, and then this idea of being bold or, or bringing Jesus to the unsaved is another way I was thinking about it. But spending time with Jesus and asking him to fill you with his spirit and empower you to be bold. And we talked briefly this term on the the Great Commission in Matthew 28. And I'm just going to read that over you guys again. Because when I think about being bold, uh, I often go back to uh, what Jesus says in this text. And it's profound. He's telling his disciples, he's ascending into heaven after he raised from the dead. And he tells his disciples, all authority... Like, again, I circled that in my Bible, all. You know, all authority has been given to me, uh, speaking of Jesus, in heaven and earth. And right after he says, I have all authority, then he's like, go. He's like, go, therefore, and make disciples of the all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all the things I have commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always. Just this idea that, man, he didn't leave us alone. We're going to study next term a little bit more on the Holy Spirit, which I'm excited for. Many of you have had to ask questions about that. As they were going through the discipleship packet, we did this term. And just different things from different teachings. People are like, oh, what's this? You know, I want to know about the gifts of the Spirit more or the Holy Spirit. Next term, we're actually going to launch into, uh, I don't know the series title or what, we might not title it anything, but it's going to be John 13 through 17. Uh, just kind of the last sermon Jesus gave before he went to the cross to his disciples, his best friends. Uh, and there's some of the most powerful texts because it's literally his last hours uh, and, and with his boys, you know, his homies. Um, but it's two sections in there, 13, or 14, chapter 14 and chapter 16. A ton of it's dedicated to just the Spirit. I must go so the Spirit may come, and you'll do greater things with the Spirit than I've done. Like, and so when he's saying, I give you all authority, he's not this, 
throwing that out there, like the spirit of the living God's within us. If you've received Christ as your Lord and Savior, he's come within us. And he's given you the authority to make disciples where you're at, right here on the campus. I know it sounds scary and intimidating, but man, he's given you that. that he's given you eyes to see people that are hurting, ears to hear when people are saying things behind you at, at class. And you're just like, oh man, I think that person could just use a prayer. And maybe after class, I'll just say, hey, can I pray for you? It sounds like you're going through a hard thing. Uh, but he's given you eyes and ears to see those things. And, and, but man, we can be bold because he's given us his spirit and enabled us to do that. And Acts 1.8 says, you will be, receive the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus, again, right before he ascends in heaven, you will receive the power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses. And so again, be with Jesus, become like Jesus, be bold for Jesus. And that could be bold, you know, sharing the gospel with someone or just even standing up for your faith. Not in some arrogant way, but just humbly just saying, man, my God's not like that when someone's bashing Jesus. Like, my God's good. He's been faithful. And, and standing up and, and sharing, like, man, I know you've had a bad experience with church, but, man, there's, you know, there's hypocrites in the church and there's hypocrites outside the church. Like, there's just hurt people. And I'm sorry, and hopefully I can be a good example of a following, you know, a Christ-following person. So God, you know, the last thought about being with Jesus, becoming like Jesus, and being bold for Jesus is just this idea that I'm often reminded of that God doesn't need us, but he uses people throughout Scripture. It's crazy. Like, he doesn't need us. Like, he's God. Why does he need me? And I'm just humbled to be amongst you guys for these years as a, a pastor, and even before that, just being on staff, and then before that, sitting there as a student. Like, but I'm always reminded, like, he doesn't need me. Like, I get to be a part, I get to participate. I get to be a part of what God's doing at this moment in history. And it's a pretty cool moment in history. And I still think sometimes you guys are getting a bad rap this generation. You're hearing from the media, it's like, oh man, it's gonna be hard on them. Or, or man, they're just, you know, like this or that. But it's like, man, I, I look at this room and I see the potential. I mean, God is moving in your lives and you're gonna rock this generation by the spirit of God in you. And I'm excited for him to move in through and through you guys. But he doesn't need us, but he chooses to use us. And it's amazing when we step out, we've spent time with him, we become more like him, and we're willing to just be bold and just say, you know, I'm going to do what you kind of put on my heart. And it might look silly. It might be a little crazy. I'm going to invite this person or I'm going to just share with this person. But God meets us in that. I mean, all throughout Scripture, we see just different people that were obedient Nathaniel bringing Philip, or, or Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch, where he just like responded to God, run after that chariot. And he runs after that chariot, and he shares the gospel with someone he never met. The guy gets saved, and they never talk again. It's crazy, but God used them. You think of Ananias and Saul, who became Paul, and who the scriptures I was referring to were written by him. You don't hear of Ananias again in scripture. But he willingly went to a guy that martyred Christians, and just shared what Jesus had put on his heart. And God did a mighty work. So I wanted to encourage us tonight that, man, as we spend time with Jesus, as we become more like him through worship, through prayer, through community, and as he puts little things that sound crazy or just sound not crazy, but just like, uh, you know, walking with Jesus isn't comfortable. Like if you want a comfortable, even ministry for that matter, like you probably chose the wrong one. And I'm sorry to bring you bad news, but like he doesn't want us to be comfortable he wants us to, to follow him. And following Jesus isn't comfortable because otherwise, like, we would just morph into the, 
cultural norms and just do what everyone else is doing. But, but God is, a, you know, God's way is different and better. And so let's, as we come back to worship, the worship team can come back up. Let's really be thinking about just this idea, man, I, you know, like being with Jesus, like this whole term we've been talking about, discipleship or going deeper. And, and how can, what does that look like in my life? How can I be with him? Or how can I create space and margin where I can spend time with Jesus? And, and or even just talking to my friends about him. Uh, maybe you feel like you're not really mature in your walk yet. Well, man, just bring that up to a friend that is. Just talk, go out to coffee, ask him questions, spend time in his word. And as you do that, you're going to become more like him, and you might be challenged to do things for him. Like, and then that's where the blessing is, though. If you shrink back and don't respond, like, I mean, I just, it's always scary, but man, I look back at times where I just followed the best I knew, a nudge to talk to someone, to reach out to someone, to invite someone to like the retreat coming up in the spring, or do, just do that, that little nudge. And I look back and how that often has met that person beyond what I could have thought of. And it wasn't nothing I said or did perfectly. It was just responding to a need that God nudged me to do. So let's pray. And then we're going to send a little more time in worship. And maybe really quickly, as, as we're bowing our heads and setting things aside and getting back to respond uh, in worship, if you're here tonight and I'm talking about this, I, I, haven't, I didn't really go into depth. I was kind of sharing about you know, like what it means to have a relationship with Jesus if you already have one. But maybe you're here tonight and you don't have one. Uh, and, and I just want to ask, man, if you don't have a, a personal relationship with God, you can have that right here tonight. Like you can have like a personal relationship with the living God. Uh, and you can be forgiven of your sin. And you might be like, well, I'm a pretty good person. Well, I would be willing to bet 10 out of 10 people, if you look at that list called the Ten Commandments, uh, you probably, as, as like me, I'm guilty in most days of most of them. And I'm willing to bet many of you are here and you're coming in with a lot of baggage or just heaviness that, like, you just can't add up. You just can't be good enough. You're just not able to, to, to hold to God's standard. And that's true of all of us. So stop trying and just say, God, man, I give in. I just surrender my life to you. And, and when you do that, he'll meet you. And it says uh, he'll, he'll, he'll give you a new heart. He'll, he'll make you a new creation as we surrender our lives to him, as we ask for forgiveness. And, and again, like tonight, you can have a personal relationship with the Lord. If you're, wherever you're sitting, you just simply just say, God, I surrender my life to you. And, and this quote I shared a few weeks ago until you see you are insufficient, you won't believe God's grace is sufficient. And I've been chewing on that lately, and it's like until we as a people understand that, man, I am not sufficient. I am not able to earn my way to heaven on my own merit, or I'm not able to be a good enough person. But if my sufficiency, if my abilities are, are put on the cross and given to to Jesus, then I am able. And I just want to plead with you, 2 Corinthians 12, 19, or 12, 9 says, my grace is sufficient for you. That if you're here tonight and you have not opened your life to Christ, if you've not put your faith in Christ, that the Bible says whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And saved means, man, if you were to die tonight, you would be in eternity with Jesus. There's a hope, a new future given to you, an inner peace that's given to you. 
And, and this idea of eternal life starts now. That there's a quality of life, a change of life that you can receive. And so I share all that because maybe you're here tonight, you've never heard the gospel, and you don't know if you know that you're saved. You don't know if you've given your life to him. You can do that right now. Just best you know how to say, God, I surrender. God, I surrender. God, I give you my life. I confess that I'm a sinner and that my sin separates me from you. But I also know that Jesus' death on a cross has forgiven me, and I invite you into my life. And just best you know how to say, God, I surrender. I invite you into my life. And if that's you tonight, I'm just curious because I want to pray for you. Like if you're here and you said, that's me, I surrendered my life to Christ right now, I want to pray for you. Just raise your hand. I just want to pray for you. Don't be scared. There's no reason to be scared. It's the be- most beautiful thing you've ever done. And, and I want to pray for you that you'd have the courage to walk it out, that you would have the courage to be with Jesus now and become more like him on this journey of faith. So if you prayed that tonight, you said, that, man, I surrendered my life to Christ. I gave my life to him. Would you pray for me, Chad? I would love to pray for you. Go ahead and raise your hand if, you, if that's you. That's awesome. Praise God. Is there anyone else? Yeah, I, I surrendered tonight to Jesus. Awesome. God, we thank you for your great grace. We thank you for those that received your son, Jesus, tonight. God, would you give them the courage to walk with you and choose every day to serve and follow you. God, those that came in here tonight that have been following you, that just made me feel a little discouraged, would you meet them in this time of worship? Would you encourage them and empower them to live out a life of service to you, God? You are so good, and we give you praise. Amen.